Hi, welcome to FYI Stillwater. Today we're having a special edition. Uh, Paula Dennison, the Assistant City Manager, is joining me, and we're going to be talking about the COVID-19 uh, outbreak here in Stillwater. Our last podcast was on March 25th. A lot has happened in that time, Paula. Yes, it has, and the world is continuing to change. Daily. Yes, it is. There's a lot going on. One of the first things that happened is right after our previous podcast on the 26th of March, I believe, the mayor issued a shelter in place. What does that mean and how is it being implemented and what do we need to know about sheltering in place? Sure. Glad to, to work a little bit through that because this is one of the most critical pieces to curtailing the spread of the virus. The shelter in place means stay at home. That's that's the basis of it is stay at home. Yes, there are some exceptions and I'll get into those, but uh, one of the things I want everybody to know is if a member of your household has the symptoms, if they have been tested and tested positive, if they're going to be tested because there's a fear, then not only do they need to stay home, but you also do because and you've been exposed. Quarantining. Yes, it uh, is. Because stay, stay at home also means that you can go out and do some essential business unless you have been exposed. And then that means don't go anywhere. Right, because the potential to expose others and then it's just a domino effect. Yeah. Uh, we're not able to get a handle on it. But there are some of the exceptions to the stay home, the shelter-in-place order. Medicine, gasoline, essential goods and services like the grocery store, having a doctor's appointment, going to the doctor, those are allowed. Those are prohibited. They're actually encouraged because, one, it gets everybody out of the house, and there is that some limited social interaction The key to anything, again, is keeping that six-foot physical separation between people anytime you go out. Restaurants, as we know around town, they have takeout or the drive-through service, so you can go uh, get food. You can go to the grocery store. Um, Go for an exercise. Go walk around the sidewalk. Yes. The green spaces in the parks are open. The playgrounds themselves are closed. But the walking trails in the parks and the green spaces, they remain open. The city has a lot of parks. And so if you think Couch Park or Boomer Lake are the only walking trails, if you go to the stillwater.org, we do have a link off of our breaking news page to those parks and trails because there's quite a few of them. I mean, Stillwater has a lot of park area. Yes, and the great weather we've had recently. Yeah, Mm -hmm. folks are really using them. Keep the six-foot separation. Yeah. Yeah. You can drive, walk, bike. As we alluded to at the last podcast, we are not requiring a permit for anyone to be out. Um, We're not going to stop anybody and ask them to prove why they are outside of their home. Uh, So don't worry about that. But the police could, like if if there's a party going on or if there's something that's really amiss, This stay-at-home order gives them additional cause to write a ticket. Yes, and one of the things that we've been seeing on the Oklahoma City news is church services. Oh, yeah, especially with Easter. Yes, yes. This shelter-in-place order, if you are a staff member of a church and you are going to the church to video it, in order to put it out for the service, that is fine. But having the congregation come in, 
that is not encouraged at all, not because of the religious base of it, but because of how many people, the congregation, all being in there in that confined space. Needs to be under 10 people. Not supposed to have those services in the the buildings. Yeah, but the staff can go in and they can record and then broadcast. Staff at essential businesses, there has to be somebody there working when you go Mm -hmm. to the restaurant for the drive-thru or the takeout or the grocery store. So yes, those are allowed, especially for the essential businesses. You'll notice that there are closed non-essential businesses, but there's still maintenance, there's still security, there's still, uh, if we have another cold snap like we did last week, going in and making sure that the pipes didn't burst. So the employees, the staff of those closed businesses, they're allowed to go in. They just can't open the doors for the public and work. You can check on somebody. If you know one of your neighbors broke an arm, And you just need to want to go check on them. That's perfectly fine to go check on them. Um, You can donate blood. Of course, there is an enormous blood need right now. Yes, there is. So you can donate blood. Just to remind everybody to keep the six-foot distance. Wash your hands before you leave the house, when you get back to the house. If you pick up groceries wipe them down or Lysol spray or, you know, something to help counter the spread of the virus. Because the virus can stay on hard surfaces for quite a while. Yes. That's that's the problem. Yeah, it is the problem. It's not anything like coughing or sneezing or shaking the hand of somebody who has coughed or sneezed and conveying the virus that way. But, yes, it can still stay on fabric. It can stay on the box of Pop-Tarts that you got at the grocery store. It could even stay on the door handle. Yeah. So, and you don't know who's touched the door. You don't know what's going on there. So that deep cleaning, having the uh, hand sanitizers, everything you can do to just make sure that you don't get that stuff near your face, on your eyes, because the virus can go through your mouth, your nose, your eyes. And if you touch your face with the virus on your hand, that's one way it's shared. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, A lot of folks are looking for a face mask. And there's different types of face masks that are out there. There's yeah, some. The CDC just changed their position on that like last week, like yeah. Friday, I think. They're, they're really recommending everybody wear the face mask. And it's not so much to prevent me giving it to you if you've got the face mask mm-hmm. on. It's to keep whatever the wearer from being able to spread any of the virus. So if you have a face mask, please wear it when you're, you're out and about. you're starting to see it at like the grocery store and yeah. uh, it's really visually, it's such a change in culture because you've seen Asian countries often wear it, you know, during flu season and cold season, but it's really not something Americans have done. So the whole thing is... And especially the very colorful self-made ones. Yeah. It's kind of cheerful. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, Well, we need a little 
color in our lives right now yeah, at the you moment. You see what all the fabric people have been hoarding. Yes. Uh-huh. And I bet you have quite a bit of fabric hoarded at your house uh, that you know, you're bringing out. I'm, I'm waiting on some elastic to come in, and I'll finish up 40 face masks this week. Yeah. Yeah. You are seamstress, Girl Scout ready as well. So (laughs) you're prepared for a pandemic. My husband has his face mask and his tightly woven gloves that are thin enough that Uh he can open doors and pick up stuff. Our city manager Mm -hmm. this past weekend wore a face mask when he went to the grocery store. It is what it's come to. It is. If we don't do everything possible, we're not going to flatten that curve and the the peak will continue. And we don't know where that's going yet. Right. We do not. Um, And, you know, from the standpoint of Oklahoma, I'll just throw this in. We really encourage everybody to follow the recommended guidelines because Oklahoma, as everybody knows, is a sales tax revenue state. Mm -hmm. We're the only one. All of the other states, they're suffering also, but they have that guaranteed property tax that is still going to come in and and be paid to help government operate and maintain. Oklahoma does not. So if you think about Stillwater, we just lost half our population. Yeah, about so. So all of the purchases, everything that they would have uh, paid sales tax on that is no longer coming into our coffers. Yes. So we will see an immediate impact of what our government revenue is. Yes. So more information will be going out on that. Uh, we do have, if you've never been to it, you can go to stillwater.org and click on our finance center and you can really learn about how city governments are funded and sales tax. And the reason you brought it up is sales tax is so important to city services. Yeah, we'll be hearing a lot more of this. We just mentioned city services. How has COVID-19 affected us? We've talked a little bit about some staffing changes, but it's been two weeks since we've had a podcast. What's happened in the meantime? Even at City Hall and the city services around, there's a number of things that have happened. So yes, we're continuing with the staggered staffing plan that we implemented a couple of weeks ago. And that was really important because it's keeping staff distanced, but there's always this alternating people who know how to do things. Exactly right. Yeah, our, our main goal is not only to keep our staff safe and healthy, but to keep them safe and healthy so that we can continue the services to our customers and the citizens that live here. In order to do that, if a whole function was wiped out, then that service would be suspended until those people recovered, and it's a minimum of 14 days if there is an actual positive there. So with our staffing, the staggered plan that we have, it has actually saved a number of the services and a number of the functions that the city has, even in just the short period of time. Yeah, that was really some foresighted planning and managing that we implemented. And city management's done just an outstanding job of taking care of its people. We're really trying to. Another way that we're doing it is we have very limited access to City Hall itself. Yeah, and that's new. It is. So what does that involve? That involves anybody that needs to conduct business with City Hall. If you cannot do it online or over the phone or by email, then you can come to City Hall. 
However, you're only allowed entrance through the police wing of City Hall, which is on the north end, the very north end of the building. Closer to 7th. Yes. And when you come up to City Hall, you will be stopped and asked what your business is, if you've run a fever, if you've had any of the symptoms, because here again, we need to protect not just the services, but our people who carry out those services. So there's that limited access. There are extremely small number of staff that are actually working in the PD lobby area to take any of your business that you have at City Hall. So all of the service points have been moved to the police lobby. And if you've ever been in the police lobby, the records and where you come to file and everything, it's behind a glass window. I'm sure it's bulletproof. It's a very secure area. So we're going to buzz you into the lobby. Probably a limited number of people can be in it any one time. Yes, and that will also depend on which one of those services you need. Mm -hmm. If five people come at once and they need the same service, not all five are going to be coming into the building at the same time. So there's the potential for a small wait. It won't be long, but it's a small wait. Yes, it's inconvenient, but for the protection and the lessening the distribution of the virus. And the police lobby is closed off from the rest of the building, so it's not like people can wander through the building. I mean, you are in a locked area. It's protecting staff who are working in other parts of the building as well. Yes, because there are staff in other parts of the building. Yeah, just Including like us. Including us, yeah. <laughs> and we are maybe 10 Probably, feet apart. Yeah. So anyway, so we're practicing our social distancing. It's it's a little weird, but it's, you know, it's what we have to do. It's days. necessary right now, Yes. Um, Another thing I'd like to mention is just very recently also our trash service has changed. We released that. It was Friday. It was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, that it was released. So there has been suspension of some services. There's changes to scheduled special cleanups, changes to commercial dumpster collection. However, I want to remind everybody the Convenience Collection Center on South Perkins Road It does remain open during its uh, normal business hours. Closed Monday. Uh, And it's also closed Sunday. Yes. Closed Sunday and Monday. So the changes is really designed to protect our staff. What we're trying to do is limit how much the staff have to touch things. Yes. Because you could be exposed, you put your trash out, you put everything in one of the uh, pay-as-you-throw blue bags and you put it at the curb, you've touched the outside and everything. So we have suspended curbside collection of those pay-as-you-throw bags. Right, yes. Uh, However, you can still use them, you just have to take them to the convenience collection center to drop them off there. So if you prepay, whenever you buy the bag, you prepay. You put your trash in it. When you go to the convenience collection center, there's not another fee because all the fees are in the the purchase of that bag. So you can drop your trash off as needed. Yes, yes, you can. When the hours are open, don't have it stacked up outside the fence if it's not open. So it does take a little foresight and pre-planning in order to do that. The suspension of the move-in pickup special, we will not be collecting the moving boxes and packing materials at this time. 
here again, that staff touching and handling um, a lot of stuff that has been touched and handled by many folks before. Because with the automated trucks, the driver generally does not have to get out of the vehicle. So they can easily dump your blue cart. So the problem would be is if they needed to get out. And the same with when we talked about the commercial dumpsters, they can only empty the dumpster. They're not going to go out around the pad and pick up any additional trash that may be laying there. So that's, again, they don't want them out of the truck. They, you know, as long as they can do everything with the uh, truck, those services continue. Yard waste is still collected. Yes, yard waste is still collected. All right. Yeah. We did have a report that there was um, a subcontractor who was out at the water treatment plant, and that really brought up some interesting questions. How's our water supply? Does COVID-19 get in the water? Do we have to make any adjustments to how we treat the water? That was kind of a, it's like, wow, I should have asked that question. Yeah. You know, so what's the answer? So we do not have to adjust how we treat the water. Our water treatment process removes and inactivates pathogens, including the virus that causes COVID-19. So it's already been doing that. It has already been doing it. COVID-19 has not been found in our drinking water at all. So I want to put everybody's mind at ease. So you don't need to go buy bottled water? You do not need to. No. Uh Uh-uh. Not at all. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, really have not found any evidence of the virus spreading through drinking water. Here's another, what risk are you willing to take? Um, You can turn on the tap in your own home or you get out, you go to the store, you intermingle with other people who may or may not be protecting themselves. You touch the bottled water, the large container or individual bottles, somebody else has already touched them. So your risk that you're taking is much more elevated if you choose to have bottled water over the safe drinking water that Stillwater is providing. Right. And that really is important. Your tap water is safe. Yes, and, it is. And you're right. It, it, your risk lowers if you just use the, the tap water. Yes. And we do have this information on our website at stillwater.org. Red banner at the top. Click on it and you get everything you need to know. The library is one that is actually staffed even though the building itself is closed. There are staff members in there and they're still doing reference work. Yeah, they are. Um, They can help you by phone, email, or social media. If you do not have access to internet at your home or where you're staying, just go to the parking lot outside of the library and there is free Wi-Fi that you can access from the parking lot. Stay in the car. Yeah, keep your six-foot separation, right? Which is really important because public schools just started today their online classes. So if you are someone who uses the library as your Wi-Fi source, you can still take your laptop, take your device, stay in the parking lot so students can still do their schoolwork and have free Wi-Fi. So this is really just a great service. An unexpected one, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But if you need 
reference help, you if you've used the library to ask them for questions or to help you find information or resources or phone numbers, you can still do that. And if you don't have a library card, they can issue one a distance card. Oh, yeah. And so you can take advantage of their e-books and their e-magazines, and you, you can still get reading material, or you can check out stuff that is digitally available. So if you don't have a card, call, and they'll figure out how to get you one. Yes, good. So we've been talking about city services, but we also sent out some information for the area businesses, and that was issued last week as well. There was a social distancing protocol. So what did the city manager send out, Paula? There is an actual, it's almost like a best practices Mm -hmm. for businesses around in helping them combat the virus and do what the CDC is recommending be done. And this information is also available on the city's website. There's seven different protocols that are summarized, and we are just requesting that the essential businesses, those are the ones that are remaining open under the governor's executive orders and any of his revisions and amendments to them, that they not only practice the social distancing, but they follow, follow the other protocols that have been set out. But, for example, this protocol, one of them, regularly disinfecting high-touch surfaces. You would think that everybody is very conscious of and cognizant of how quickly and how easily the virus can spread. So they would be aware of disinfecting those surfaces of uh, areas where folks are going to be entering. Um, Walmart, we have noticed, is really limiting how many people can get in. They're funneling them in one way, out the other. Lowe's has implemented some protocols also. So these are, are in addition to what individual businesses have implemented. Right. So it's just, you know, it's just really good checklist of things that businesses should do to protect themselves and their customers. Yes. Yes. And if you do have to stand in a line to wait to get in a door, make sure you maintain that six foot separation. Yeah. uh, With the weather being so nice right now, it's not going to be an issue. But if this continues into the summer, when it starts getting really hot and people are standing outside, you start thinking differently. It's like, what if this happens? What other adjustments are we going to be able to do? And I'm sure we haven't seen the end of the adjustments yet. I do want to point out one thing about any of the information that not only on the city's website, but as a really good comprehensive resource, the city's library has an excellent site that's got tracking local information on their website. There's a lot of stuff on there right when you pull it up, but also there's additional information over on the left-hand side when you open up their website. Right. So the librarians have been doing what librarians do. They've pulled together these resources so that if you're wondering, oh, how do I make a face mask? Where do I find those instructions? You can go to the library and there will be a link for it. If you are looking for digital reading material, they've pulled that together. If you're homeschooling for the first time and you have lots of questions, they've got resources for that. They've got resources to federal, state, uh, local, and they update that virtually every day. There's actually a section which I thought was really interesting. This can be very stressful. Yes, absolutely. uh, Maybe you're 
you know, you get out a lot and all of a sudden you're, you're homebound and you don't have your resources and you don't have people to talk to and it starts creating just, you know, different levels of stress. Uh, they actually have a section of all these places and resources for if you need to talk to somebody, if you are needing any type of assistance, there are resources to get you the help you're looking for. So kudos to the library for uh, just pulling a vast number of resources together in a very usable format. Yes, and they've, they've done really well. And with them being able to keep it up to date, like you said, almost daily, that's a task in and of itself with all of the changes. Yeah, it really is. And if you're not sure where to get information about COVID-19, how's the state's doing, you can go to the State Department of Health and they have a page for there. But if you can't find it, go to the library and the library's got the links, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, as well as the stillwater.org. We've partnered with the library and we've let them keep the resources, but uh, it's really good staff. Another important activity that's going on right now that we probably need an update on, we talked about the census for an entire year. We talked about it, we were giving people why it's important, how we're going to get this done, why it you know has an impact on everyone's life, and then COVID-19 s- steps in. <laughs> what Did that change anything? for the census? Yes, it did. It may not be as recognizable to those who don't deal with the census processes as much, but April 1st was still census day. So getting your mailer from the Census Bureau that had the code in it, go to my2020census.gov and fill out the information there using the code. If you don't have the code, you can still fill out the census form itself at that my2020census.gov. One of the things that has happened is they have postponed for two weeks their getting out in the field immediately. Usually it starts right at April 1st and goes. Now they're looking at April 15th. They have extended some dates for additional information out until some June, some July, which can be beneficial here in Stillwater, probably not so much because the college students are already gone and not going to come back. Usually they don't during June and July. They are having other conversations about how to count the college students that in Stillwater situation make up such a, a great percentage. Deal. It is a yeah. big deal. And the university was doing such a great job educating the students. But there's a lot of questions now. It's like, oh, well, I wasn't on campus in April, so I guess I should be on my parents' census. No, they should still uh, record their residency as Stillwater because... Had it not been for COVID-19, they would still be here. And they were here for the majority of the school year. Yeah, they are still water residents. Right, they are. They use our services and our streets, and they shop here, and they're employed here. Yeah, so they, they're a Stillwater resident. We are in pretty good shape. We're having some pretty good returns right now. Yeah, because you can actually go and look and see how the returns are. So it's really kind of in real time. So Stillwater's doing pretty good. I don't know how Norman's doing, but we do have a contest. We have Census Bedlam. Yeah, so yeah. we don't have sports, but we do have the census. That's right. What's the penalty? What's the reward? Uh, the losing city, the mayor of that community, must wear a cap of the winning mayor's choice at a city council or other public meeting. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So if you bleed orange, please complete the census. 
If you know of some students that rented from you, but they're no longer here, touch base with them and have them complete the census. Not just for that. I mean, that's a fun one. That makes it fun and interesting. But the implications of what Stillwater and OSU and the health department and the hospital get based on those census numbers. So you and I were talking earlier today about the census is important, and COVID-19 is a really good example of why it's important that we have the right numbers. Could you go over some of those points you brought up earlier today? Because to me, you know, sometimes you talk about stuff like the census, and it's a little bit abstract. Sometimes it's really hard to really understand, like in a real situation, how it affects you. But we have one right now, and the census is going to determine some of the uh, recovery funding. Yes, it is. So the biggest one, and I'll just hit on this one because it is so large and the impact is enormous, is the CARES Act that was recently passed. The majority of the money is going to states and then from there to counties that have populations of 500,000 and over. That includes all of the city and their populations within that. Mm -hmm. Payne County does not reach that. There is no obligation for the state to provide any of the additional money to any of those counties or cities that are below that threshold, that population threshold. So all of that money really is based on your population. That's $2 trillion. Wow. You would think that it would be spread evenly. No, mm -mm, not at all. If I recall correctly, and if the number was right, Oklahoma will get approximately $1.4 billion. And from that, the state distributes, I think it's, they distribute 44% of that to those populations, those counties with populations over 500,000. In Oklahoma, it's not many because we're not a very densely populated state at all. So the rest of it, the state retains, the 55% the state retains, and they can do with it as they see fit. Will it be distributed out? There's no obligation for them to distribute it out to the other counties and the other cities and towns. The CDBG money, the Community Development Block Grant money, it also is based on population. So coming in and even us continuing to do things like taking care of drainage on 12th Avenue or putting in the inclusive park at Strickland Park, all of that money that we get is based on population. So whether or not it has anything to do with COVID-19 in this time that we're in, everything pretty much that government does has a population tied to it. The hospital is right now so in demand and so needed and valuable and all the services that they provide, they rely on the census numbers also. You wouldn't think it. You would think, oh, well, it's just government that does. The hospital does because there's poverty and there's insurance and there's cancer rates and, you know, all of that data comes from the Census Bureau. The Census Bureau can only get it if you fill out the census form. So it's very important. Very important, yes. 
Well, we went over a lot of information today, Paula. Yeah, this is a lot. And really, it's up to residents to stay informed and to look for the information, and we'll do our best to get it out there. There's a lot going on that affects a lot of people, and staying informed, looking for information, and we're doing our best to make sure that it's out there. Yes, we are. I do want to say one other thing, though. We certainly appreciate everybody that is taking the measures and is very aware of protecting not only themselves, but those that they may encounter, keeping that distance, that six-foot physical distance separation, not congregating when you don't need to, being uh, very cautious and careful about sanitizing and keeping your hands clean. And if you are staff at a building that anybody visits, keeping the door handles and the knobs and, you know, everything clean and sanitized. I just appreciate everybody doing that. Hopefully that will have an impact and a positive one. Yes, very much so. Well, thank you again for uh, keeping us all up to date. We'll try to have another podcast in a week or so. Stay safe, Paula. You too, Sherry. Thanks.